Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Wednesday. I was going to say, how are you? But then I realized that no one can talk back to us. <laughs> so I'll just ask you, how are you? You know, I usually answer with something along the lines of, I'm well, I'm good. Mm -hmm. I'm not well. <laughs> Damn it. Would you like to elaborate or is that <sighs> private? No, it's uh, it's two things. You know, I think you sent me a sermon um, early this week. Mm -hmm. Monday. Where effectively the theme was, you know, you can't go through transition if you stay stuck in tradition or something to that effect, right? And I think like that is such a incredibly good point because there's so much transition mm -hmm. everywhere around us uh -huh. and it's it's hard so uh, that's the first thing and then the second thing is you know we do wait do you mean like in terms of because I know how I heard the sermon right <laughs> so I'm not asking for clarification but I mean in terms of how you're looking at it is it being afraid of what's new keeps you stuck so you cling to tradition so it feels familiar. Is that yes. where you're going? Yes, okay. because tradition is like where all of the criteria of success exist, right? You can see that's a quote where, um, you know, you doing X, Y, and Z has given you what you wanted or thought you wanted. Yeah. But if you really dig deep and say, you know, ultimately I want this for my life, this for my business, this for my family, this for society. Um, it is tough, yeah, but it's necessary. So I, I, that's where I'd like to kind of start that. And then the second thing is just, you know, sitting here on February 1, mm -hmm. a day that we should be celebrating blackness. And once again, we're mourning um, the manifestation of anti-blackness. We'll just that way i mean in my body i feel like we're always mourning the manifestation of anti-blackness but i feel you fuck ron DeSantis. let me just fuck. say it yes yes this is the i mean fuck a lot of people but i'm i'm assuming you're talking about the book bans or the not even the book bans rather the um college board like they're actually going to water down the AP African-American. Oh, you're not even talking uh, about wait, that. So, so like that, that is tip of the spear. Okay. Cause I got that New York times alert in my email. Um, when I was taking Zion to the children's museum and I was just like, not that I was surprised, but it kind of crushed me because I was like, I, <sighs> college board, is afraid of Ron DeSantis. Exactly right. Bring it I on. Just, I, there's like, so many other words I want to use right now, but just for the sake of um, trying to have an intelligent conversation and not be overly emotional and say too many F words and too many things. But y'all just know that I'm mad. If you, know, <laughs> if you know me, you know that I'm like seething. But I just... So how many high school students are going to suffer and not get the truth and the fullness of who they are. And even if, if, you, if you are taking an AP African-American studies course and you're not black 
or black identifying, you're still going to be robbed of the richness of another culture. It's just like, who are we producing? What are we allowing to happen? What are we afraid of? What are we afraid of? All of the things. Well, we're, you know, I mean, now we're getting ahead of ourselves, right? But we're, we, as in not you and I, and probably not anybody who listens to this podcast, but I was even thinking of all of the um, hatred and vitriol around, you know, the artist Sam Smith? Yeah. Okay. So Sam Smith now is totally different than who they were when they came out as an artist. Like when we, you know, all the lay me down and I'm not the only one, the songs we were writing to at soul cycle back then. Yes. I remember that well, they're evolving and because they're queer and they're happy and their body is what it is. And they're not afraid to wear whatever they want and say what they want. And, People are mad. Yeah. I was looking at the comments of a particular post and people were like, what happened to Sam Smith? And uh, this is disgusting. And children are going to see this. And da, da, da. it's almost like when people are celebrating themselves and like living in their joy, even through the hardships and the imperfection, it's like that's what they, right? The because it's not just Republicans, right? Mm-hmm. But like they, that those white supremacists, those nationalists, those uh, whatever you want to call them, the they, that's what they want to squash. They want to squash the light and the joy in everybody else. Everything that is not them, they want to extinguish. Yeah, and and in return, we want to expose our kids to bias, to anger, to hatred, to, to Fox not, News. Right. I mean, so like, but, but going all well, the way that, back But to, that's how you know that it's complete and utter bullshit, right? Because, because you have, you have, sorry, I interrupted you. You have kindergartners practicing active shooting drills, active mm-hmm. shooter drills. So what are we actually exposing our kids to, right? Uh, it A hundred percent. Like, right? let's, let's be really, really real for a second. That's what pisses me off is because it has nothing to do with anyone's safety, because if it were about safety, we would have done it already. Yeah, of course. It's it's about it's about protecting. It's protecting about protecting power, white supremacy. That's protecting what it's about. power. It's about protecting our guns. It's about protecting all those. But going all the way back to your point about Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, and and, Wait, and to, I want you to know that my <laughs> if we want to go all the way back, we were talking about you and like. <laughs> What were you even talking about? I, I have no idea. I, it, 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 I thought it you were talking started, about the book band, so I went, and I'm sorry because clearly that's well, not no, what you but were like, about. but so it's all related. <laughs> so yes, and shit, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. That times ten. So yesterday it is. So you you picked up on the right thread. Yesterday, Ron Sanders was on a podium basically talking about how he doesn't only want to kind of abolish anything that has to do with CRT, but anything that has to do with DEI, DEI, DE fucking I, because of its non-inclusive, right, lenses. Like we're making people feel uncomfortable by exposing them to the truth. And when you look at this whole book ban thing, 
So let's even take the AP thing out of the equation. Mm -hmm. I was reading stories from teachers down in Florida where they had pictures of their classroom before and after. And before, it is filled with books. After, they had to remove every book, not just books that don't pass the litmus test, but every book. Because unless they go through a vetting process, every single book, they can't have it on their shelves. Or they could cover all the books up to make them non-accessible. So this is what is like, is, is just really starting to, to get way under my skin. And if I go back to the conversation that we had in season one around what we allow is what we teach. Yeah. This, this is the example. Like, you know, people like to put things in a little box. If you look at the, the decision on Roe v. Wade, that's a domino. Right? This decision down in Florida is a domino. Oh, and yeah. we're watching the manifestation. The, the attacks on, on drag shows is a domino. The attacks on Sam Sh- Smith is a domino. This is what we all need to understand. And I'm sorry to start this whole thing off with a major rant that had nothing to do with your question. But, <laughs> but it's all related. I mean, it is all related. Yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> <sighs> I mean, what a question. I am really tired. I, um, you know, I started my 300-hour yoga teacher training this past weekend, and my little introverted soul is still recovering. Um, There's like 42 of us or something in our cohort, and maybe... Seven or eight of those folks are um, not local, and so they're going to be taking the training via Zoom. And the rest of us, thank God, have the option to use Zoom as needed or, you know, be in the room. Of course, obviously, being in the room holds the most benefit because you're, you know, the training is meant to be in person, and so it's just being adapted for Zoom. But being around, 30 something people. So it's Friday night, like seven to nine, Saturday, one to eight, Sunday, one to eight. And the rest of life doesn't stop. It's not like (laughs) you wake up and you go, you know, I'm still, I have still have to work and parent and all the things. And it was just, it was just draining a lot of people's energy, a lot of opinions. And I'm really working on, I'm really working on, uh, my level of reactivity when I hear things that I don't like or I hear things that sound exclusionary or sound privileged or because I have to realize that if most of the teachers uh, teaching this TT are white and most are we do have some Mm -hmm. teachers of color but most of them are white people there's gonna be a level of privilege that just exists at, like at the surface Baseline, before yeah. at yes yep. and so my work is going to be not getting worked up every single time someone says something that is literally for instance now i'm ranting it's my turn for instance uh one of our instructors we were talking about mindset and we were talking about mindset in terms of stress And this instructor, you know, sort of framed it as kind of like it is what you make it. 
like as in stress um if you think something is stressful then it will be stressful and then you will like make yourself sick and manifest all of the bad things about stress and if you're like yeah this is stressful and you just figure it out and you go on your merry way you're less likely to die from like stress related causes and I was just like like inside (laughs) of my body like thank god I was watching this from home because I don't I would have been vibrating if I were in the room but I was just like so then explain to me dear sir yoga teacher sir explain to me then how black people like google epigenetics and google weathering motherfucker and now you tell me are black people just making it up like we're just we're just out here just being stressed for no reason you're right it's a it's a mindset thing like let me let me go watch a a brutal police murder on my phone and then you tell me that it's just my mindset right like i just oh okay so it it it's like still kind of living in my body like all the things like just being tired and knowing that i'm gonna have to knowing that i'm gonna have to push through a lot of these things over the course of the year because such is life and such are people right and um it's obvious that this person, you know, probably doesn't have a whole lot of black people in his life and probably doesn't think about what other identities have to go through in terms of stress and mindset. And and so, like, you know, I'm just, I'm just taking it in and putting it into my activism and... I, and making sure and making sure that like my work if I ever become a yoga teacher certainly but also just my work now I'm just reminded of how much how important it is to really try to see people you know you know what I mean like I, yeah I I know exactly like, what you mean like through through their through how they want to be seen through the materials that are out there like you can't just forget that certain people in certain circumstances exist right you can't gloss over it with mindset bullshit as if as if everybody is choosing their own oppression i don't think that that's true i that's I, what i'm saying that was long winded yeah Sorry. no I, I but i but i appreciate it. and i think to me you can let me know if you believe i'm wrong um i think it's it's beyond just the race thing and you kind of just mentioned it it's circumstance as oh, well. It's certainly beyond So like, race. you know, someone who, you know, is watching their their parent die from like cancer in the moment. Like like that's a level of stress right. that are mindset you, are isn't going to help with. Like, well, uh, I know that I'll be alive, right. so let me just brush right. it off. Let me right. go meditate this away. Right. So it, it, if you if we could like compartmentalize some of these things where, you know, the stress with not about losing a job, but the stress that comes with a job, the stress of driving to work in the morning, the stress of dealing with your kids. All of those have multi-layers as well. Yeah. But that's a whole different level of stress than yeah. what is laden in, in you know, a black body or that's laden in circumstances where people, yeah, you know, have death. Yeah, fucking poverty, of, environmental racism, like right. all kinds of thing. stuff. And 
so yeah, and so I'm not suggesting that wellness practices don't help with stress management. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that it was it was just a little it was just a little bit privileged, and I kept my mouth shut because I didn't want to be, you know, weekend one being like, uh, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> I'm like, let it just, you know, let it play out. That's that's what I'm going to do a little bit more of because I need to protect my spirit because I'm feeling there's just so much going on. I'm feeling everything very deeply and I don't want to go into a place that just feels dark all the time. And so I can't engage in every argument. I can't, you know, like fight back for every single troll or every single this or every single that. Like it just doesn't deserve my energy. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. So yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, flip this for a minute yeah i know we still haven't gotten to like our normal we haven't even started the episode yet. we're feeling pretty heavy today (laughs) if you haven't noticed it's you know but this is real so it is so i'm I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna try to flip this more into a positive light for a minute i mean don't be fake no 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 it's not a fake thing but but you just mentioned one one like over the past week like what are you most proud of? I mean, there's a lot of great mm. stuff going on around you okay. and with you. So. Yes, this is true. Uh, my piece in the Boston Globe on breastfeeding is going to drop online today or tomorrow and in actual print on Sunday. Yes. And that's a tremendous win, accomplishment. I'm very proud of myself. I... I pitched something to them last year and it was like a cool, thank you very much and goodbye. <laughs> and so it's it's cool to see an opportunity come back around when I certainly feel more settled in motherhood and I have more to say and it just feels like, you know, the thing that people always talk about, which is like, you know, you just you just keep going, you keep doing what you do and the right things will come back to yeah. you, right? If yeah. you keep going. I totally agree. And what that, that what that reminds me of, because um, I think there's a, other than you should be like freaking immensely proud of that. Um, it's the point that you teed up something last year. And, well, oh, and, oh, right, yeah, and yeah. now it's come to fruition. And, yeah. you know, there was um, um, a gentleman that uh, I went through training with. Uh, he previously was the senior VP of NBC. This is back when, was at G, back when I was at GE. What training? It was leadership training. Oh, okay. Right? And um, and he was also on the project that did Avatar. Oh, cool. And, you know, he went through oh this whole story. Oh, my God. Didn't that take like 20 years well, to make or something? Well, that's his point, right? Yeah. I mean, his point was there's no such thing as a bad idea, only bad timing. Yeah. Right? And yeah. sometimes the idea just needs to be in the right moment. And right. I think that's what manifested manifested, manifested here. <laughs> wow. Um, secondly. Yeah. yeah. Um. The other thing that I think is is just really cool is the fact that you're going through a 300 hour training. That's no joke. Yeah, no, that is really that is really cool. I still don't know what I want the outcome to be at the end of the year, but I do feel like this is the right place for me to be at this time. Yeah, agree. Now, wait. Go. What about you? Any wins? Anything you're excited about? Anything? Um, yeah, you know, yes. Okay. Uh, so I went to. Um, our annual sales kickoff last week. Um, and interestingly enough, so I joined this the company I'm at 
basically a year ago this week. Mm -hmm. And I joined during sales kickoff. It was all virtual last year. So this is our first kind of in-person sales kickoff. And um, had to put together a presentation, the whole the whole thing. And um, long story short, it went it went really well. But I think the so what, and it, it is the takeaway, and it's kind of also, um, you know, the the thing that I hear uh, that I hope the the audience picks up on as well, is um, I got a lot of feedback on how well the delivery was. Mm-hmm. And I think the point there is like if you're doing stuff that truly you are connected to and you have a purpose around, it is really easy to find a voice, right? The difficulty is, you know, trying to craft a story and stuff like that that is just a meh. So, you know, always trying to find like what's the so what and whatever you're pitching and make it connected to your why and and your purpose somehow some way um allows you to deliver things a little bit better so that was a that was just a cool moment i was pretty proud of that i'm proud of you too thank you i think that's that's always nice when to be recognized by your peers yeah you know it is very cool yeah um so what's your pet peeve slash rant let's start the episode now (laughs) (laughs) it's all valuable you know, it doesn't have to be in a certain order in order for it to work. Go. Uh, again, it goes back to situational awareness and people just like being oblivious to everything around them. Yes. And it has to do with, you know, really busy areas. Let's say, you know, you're driving around Target and, you know, you have one lane, really skinny. There's cones up so you can't go around people. And I get people pull over to let people out. I do it. It's that's a normal thing. Mm-hmm. I have patience for that. Mm-hmm. What I don't have patience for is when people are letting out their entire family, right? <laughs> Biff, Betsy, Bingo, like all of them have to get out of the car, like shuttle oh their way God, from the back of the minivan up to the front, right? Oh, we need to take the the stuff out too. We're just going to sit here and not even kind of try to pull over to create space. No, we are just going to stop and let the the traffic pile up behind them, oblivious to everyone around them. I mean, are they oblivious or are they just like, fuck them, they're going to wait? They probably, pro- <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I would prefer oblivious because... They're probably like, fuck them. Yes, that is. <laughs> that annoys me too, um, particularly on um, less in shopping centers, but more in like on Newberry Street or, you know what I mean? Like when you're driving in a city and, you know, it's like a narrow one-way street and people just kind of stop and... You know, just make an attempt. Like if you if you try to like make an attempt to push over a little bit and it's a little too narrow, at least I'll give you some points. But when you don't even make the attempt, it's not okay. Anyway, what's yours? That was really short compared to See? last week. Um, mine is also really short and it has to. I'm calling out my employer down under yoga in the hopes that maybe someone who works there will hear me and help me. Okay, so we have, listen, they know who I am, okay? (laughs) They know that no one is safe from my opinion. So, like, don't look at me with eyes all wide. I'm not saying anything mean. I'm not going to get fired. However, if you're going to have people in a training all day long, you need a refrigerator and a microwave in your studio. It is cruel and privileged, okay? It's cruel because, like, 
first of all, you're only giving us a 30 minute break. So like there's, there's your one, but fine. Okay. But in 30 minutes, you need to have your food there and ready, right? You can't, you can't have them say, okay, it's break time. And then you're placing an Uber order because it's never going to work. So it's cruel in that you need people to be able to access their food, heat it up, cool it down, whatever, right when break starts so that they're saving money, they're saving time, and they actually get a break versus just this panic frenzy 30 minutes and trying to like figure out how they're going to nourish themselves. The reason why it's privileged is because what are you just fucking assuming that everybody's going to be like ordering out? Like that costs money, yeah. okay? The Whole Foods closed in Brookline, so you have to you have to get a little more creative. You have to spend some money, you know, and like, what am I supposed to bring a salad in a mason jar? Like, come on, people. If anyone's listening from Down Under Yoga, get a goddamn fridge and a microwave. <laughs> Please and thank you. Well, maybe this is actually, so maybe it's like, prompting chapter two of like the mindset training you know <laughs> with that like you can you can overcome hunger and thirst see you're not thinking about this the right way baby my headphones are like falling off my ears because i threw my head back to laugh i mean i i took it to a darker place because i was just like you know what is nobody fucking eating like are we not eating are we doing this like it's yogi Maybe it's thing of like purity and detoxing and cleansing and thinness and whiteness and spandex and like should we take it there okay in other news thank god marie kondo admitted to the world that she cannot keep uh, her house tidy amazing with three kids that's that that is so genuine it just it makes everybody feel seen because we all look at people online and think Everybody has it together except for us. And it's never true, right? But particularly when people have businesses or platforms based on some level of like perfectionism, right? Marie Kondo, if you've ever read The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, it's awesome. I love it. I think that she's absolutely right in that, you know, you shouldn't be holding on to things in your home that don't spark joy, things that you don't use, things that are broken, things that, right, whatever. Um, And there is like a level of perfectionism tied to it because the way you have to fold things, the way they fit in your drawer, like it's time and it's energy and it's effort. And so for her to just be like, ah, fuck it. (laughs) It's just like every mom out there is like, oh, thank God. Thank God, because if I have to fold this shirt into a million squares one more time, I'm going to lose it. It was one of the first big lessons that you taught me, which is this whole concept of like one of many lessons. But I'm looking at you with a side eye because I I, I didn't say I internalized it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you for admitting that because you are a pack rat and it gets on my nerves. You don't even save anything good. You don't save anything important. It's like it'll be like a fucking penny from 1983 and you'll be like, 
well, somebody gave this to me when it fell out of their pocket, so I kept it, and exactly I think it's right. special. There's, there's energy in that penny. You oh can't just God. whip energy out. Okay, then, like, this is the <laughs> other thing. They don't just be in a pile somewhere, so if it was important to you. Anyone out there a marriage counselor? <laughs> okay, so Marie Kondo, that was awesome. Um, February 1st. Listen, um, while we think that... Certainly me, but I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say we. While we think that Black History Month or Black History, Black culture, Black people should be celebrated year long, I think this might be a really great time to reignite your allyship, reignite your interest. And so I'm going to ask you, listeners, to maybe start the month with... Uh, the 1619 series on Hulu. Um, it it is also a podcast. It is also, also a, a book. book. Great book. So you can engage in other ways if you don't have Hulu or whatever it is. Um, but it might be a really great place to start because Hannah Nicole Jones is just brilliant. She is brilliant. And her storytelling is wonderful. And I think that uh, for me, when I listen to things that, you know, sort of talk about our history and our ancestry sometimes it's like it's hard for me to watch and to listen to um for example when when they see us came out oh in God. 2020 uh it's on netflix by the way it's about the exonerated five previously known as the central park five i would google if you don't know what i mean but when that came out on netflix I could only watch it in 20-minute spurts because I was just decimated. I mean, crying, and it was just so hard to watch, even though it was was basically, you know, uh, not a reenactment, but it was drama like you know that you know that whatever those boys experienced was so much worse than could ever be portrayed on a screen right because they're human beings Mm -hmm. whose lives were just ripped away from them and especially Corey like oh my gosh so I preface this by saying it might not be the easiest thing to watch However, I don't want you to look away because when you look away, stuff like what's happening in Florida continues to happen Mm -hmm. because people don't want to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. They don't want to engage with it. They don't, you know, they, they think that they can get away with not like just not having to. And I mean, technically you can, nothing's going to happen to you. Nothing's coming for you. But then look what happens to our entire country. Like, this stuff affects us all. So I'm going to recommend 1619 Project as something you engage with this month. Um, And you can always hit us up on Instagram or send us an email or whatever. If you're watching it and and you just want to let us know you're watching it, we'll be watching. We're just trying to find a time that's not the end of the night after Zion goes Mm -hmm. to sleep because... I, I, that's not what I want in my head before I go to bed for the night. Um, so we're trying to find a time in like the afternoon, which, you know, with a toddler has to be batshit crazy, but 
we'll be watching with you. So yeah, I, I mean, I think I think that's such a great recommendation. I mean, if we can we could all leave this month learning a few things that we didn't already know. Yeah, um, I agree. Wouldn't that be kind of magical? So since we're back in a sort of darker place, not darker place, but a more serious place, um, I feel like it would be wrong in this episode to not acknowledge the murder of Tyree oh Nichols. My God. The video came out on Friday night. I did not watch it. I will not watch it. Um, Tyree was 29. He was the dad of a four-year-old. He skateboarded. He took pictures. He's the youngest of four kids himself. He was really close to his mom. And I just, like, my God. I mean, there's, <clears throat> there's, um, there's so much wrong with that. I mean, it's just, there's so many layers of what is completely and utterly busted, not just in our policing system, but in society. I mean, to your yeah. your post, you know, after the fact, where you watch what people instantly started Googling, and the lens was, well, what did he do wrong? Yeah. Like, what's his backstory? Like, was yeah. he fighting back? Like, As it, if it, any of those things, I don't, I don't care if, he did have a criminal history or if he did god forbid follow his instincts as a human and try to fight back while he's literally being murdered on the street like an animal right like does anything justify five men beating him to death another two allegedly you know, in like involved one who tased him and the other one we don't know because they're still being protected. And then the three uh, paramedics. paramedics who did nothing for seven minutes. Like the fact that people would basically Google thinking like, what did he do wrong? Just it just shows you that that our our lens, especially when it comes to black people black men is so fucked up it's it is again goes back to the fact that all of this is being allowed and and allowed not like necessarily always consciously although in this case clearly there's a you know there's a system that has allowed it but unconsciously by by society accepting the fact that this is just kind of normal or if only people would comply, bad things wouldn't happen. Like there's all of these connections to make society feel like the systems that are supposed to protect us, like must be in place to protect us. It's the only possible reason. There has to be something that was a catalyst for these bad things to happen. Yeah. And like the other, just if we want to go into critical thinking, you know, go look at what happens to, let's say a private citizen who was attacked on the street. And let's just say that that person is armed. That person is attacked. They pull out their gun, completely fearful for their life, and they use it. If they continue to use their gun to inflict harm beyond the point where the person is incapacitated yes. and cannot continue yes. to be a threat, that private citizen is going to jail. Yes. Yet those same things are not in place for the people who are paid, trained. Trained. 
to protect us. And usually are in groups of more than one. Right. (sighs) I just want to remind you that white supremacy is not a person. It's not a skin color. It's a system. Right? This is this is really a prime example of words really do matter. And so when we use terms like white supremacy, white supremacist, DEI, KKK, nationalist, da 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 da. You better know what you mean. Right? In the same way that if you're talking about women or if you're talking about men or if you're talking about people or birthing people or whatever it is, right? Know who you're talking about because it matters because we don't want to conflate words or meaning because I feel like it it just sort of waters down. It waters down the cause. And so people looking at these five black officers and wondering how in the hell something like that could happen, I will tell you as a black person, First of all, when I heard what happened, of course, my mind immediately thought it had to be a white officer or white officers. Of course. Yeah. Because even though that you know that something like this is possible, I mean, those those men are still people. They're still police officers. You know that anything is possible. But like my brain bias, right, my shortcut is like black man dead. Police officer did it. Got to be a white dude. Yep. And when you see that it was a group of black men it just your heart just sinks into the pit of your stomach because I don't even know how I can describe it to you all like how like do you realize how twisted it is like there's like a level of cognitive dissonance that goes on and it's not even I mean, I don't want to use the word common, but like if you go back to when people were enslaved, you know that there were hierarchies even between those who were enslaved, right? I'm sure a lot of you have heard like there were, you know, those who worked in the fields, those who worked in the house, and there were uh, also enslaved people who were sort of, I don't again, in the name of language, I don't want to call it privileges or special you know, but some did have power over others, yeah. right? And there were there would be instances where a black person could inflict harm against another black person. And that is the system working the way it was designed to work because you're still subjugating and oppressing the black body. And I think that, like, what's fucked up in that instance is, like, the black people who do that to other black people somehow in their brains, like they think that they'll be protected from it. No, they, but yeah, but that's the thing. Do you right? know what I Cause, mean? Cause like, it, they, like they think that if they play on that side, mm-hmm. that somehow it's okay. The, mo- the modern day, quote unquote, modern day sort of maybe like way to understand this is like, think of someone like our son, Think of someone like Zion who even now, like you all know that he's biracial because you know us, you know what we look like, but the kid could totally pass for white. So it's like, it's almost like thinking of how your privileges 
could protect you yep. from harm, right? Like think of it in terms of of that. It's like you do whatever you need to do to not be them. And you lean into whatever it is, either your skin color or your facial features or your hair or where you went to school or the neighborhood you grew up with. You think of every every privilege that you have that can separate you from them. Uh, that is and what... And that is the system at play. Right, that is what's insidious. And, and right, if we want to continue to connect dots, you look at, you know, women, I was going to say in this country just in general, but oftentimes in this country, who you know, fall victim to the same thing, right? They support um, very paternalistic, very... Are you talking about, like, the 51% of white women who voted for Donald Trump? As an example, <sighs> yes. I mean, it, it's working against them. If you look at people yes. in poverty, regardless of um, skin who, who color... Who vote Republican. Who vote Republican, yeah. right? That's a system at work. If, not... Even if you look at Ethan Gandhi, right, way back when, when he was visiting Africa early in his life... Um, he would separate himself, dark-skinned man, from the others in Africa because he saw himself as a different class. Yeah. Right? So it, that point that you just made is the point. There are systems at play all around us, and we have to be intelligent enough, um, inquisitive enough, curious enough. Empathetic and empath- compassionate. Empathetic enough to unpack it and see where those threads lie to understand the truth and that is why people don't want books right in in you know in classrooms as an example you know what's so funny is like i and i'm not the person to like come up with this i just don't know who to attribute the idea to because it's kind of common now but it makes me think of you know people people can say whatever they want but they know enough to not want to be black Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Nobody would trade places with a black person. Yeah, that's a true statement. Or a dark skinned person. Right? Like and that alone tells you everything you need to mm-hmm. know. Yeah, that's a really good point. Oh, so mm, little heavy. <laughs> But you know what I mean? But like, 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 life is heavy. We can't talk about fitness every every week. You know what I mean? We can't talk about how like stupid, you know, people are inside of gyms every week. Like, cause that wouldn't be real either. So sometimes the hard conversations are really fucking hard. And to bring it all the way, right? Bring it all the way back to the very beginning of our conversation right we if we all truly want to transition back into a mindset where our future is going to be a better future for us for our children for community for society for whatever it is that you care about um you have to look beyond the tradition you have to look beyond these systems that have been in place and look at them where that was great oh you know our our past is greater than our present you know what our future should be way better than our present and we won't allow ourselves to get to our future in the material way if we continue to allow what is going on there's nothing you could say after that so thank you for listening 
We're probably going to take a shot or something at this point because (laughs) (laughs) of water because it's daytime. Just kidding. (sighs) (laughs) It'll be five o'clock soon. Um, Thank God. We'll talk to you next week. Please take care of yourselves. And also, please keep finding ways to engage. Cheers. Bye.